Miami's hot shooting cooled off in game three, missing shots from deep and at the rim again and again and again. And the Nuggets got a historic performance from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. What adjustments did Denver make and how will Miami respond in game four? We answer that on today's final edition of Locked on Heat. You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Ramil. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA, and when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Uh, recording this just a few minutes after the Miami Heat lose to the Denver Nuggets, 109 to 94, uh, David, the Heat had a chance to take a lead in these NBA Finals after winning Game 2 in Denver. Uh, they missed that opportunity because they missed so many shots at the rim. They shot 37% in this game. Jimmy Butler, 11 of 24. I counted that uh, like 19 or 20 missed shots right at the basket yeah. uh, in this one. You think about everything that happened in this game. Jamal Murray, uh, Nikola Jokic, triple doubles, all these things. They played well, the Nuggets did. I don't, I, I'm not saying this to take any kind of credit away from them, but to me, I feel like if the Heat are m- making a lot more of those shots at the basket that they normally make, then this entire game has a different kind of tone because every time Jimmy Butler missed or somebody else missed at the yep. basket, it felt like the Nuggets were grabbing the rebound and, and basically getting uh, in transition and easy buckets that way. Yeah, the rebounding battle, a, a clear advantage for Denver, 58 rebounds to just 32 for Miami, 33, excuse me, for Miami. Uh, and you're exactly right. They were able to pick off those rebounds, kick off their transition game, and Miami's defense wasn't set. They weren't hitting shots. And especially those shots at the rim where you're thinking you can close the gap, take a lead in the game, because it was tied after one quarter. But in the second quarter, they just went away from it. They couldn't hit anything at the rim. They couldn't hit anything from beyond the perimeter. And all those shots just demoralizing this team. They just couldn't seem to get any kind of momentum going. And Denver just capitalizing on that. Eric Spolster after the game talking about Miami losing the battle of physicality, losing the battle of the 50-50 ball going in Denver's way, uh, and just the sheer – identity that they exerted on Miami in today's game three, something that we hadn't seen either in game one or two. And it was a, a lopsided victory in Denver's favor. Uh, it was the best game the Nuggets to play this entire series. I For don't sure. think that's a stretch to say. And this yeah. was kind of what I think we expected to see from the Denver Nuggets uh, in this series. Their, their ball movement off and on the ball was crisp. Jamal Murray finally getting going. Uh, what did he finish with? I mean, a triple-double, 34 points, 10 yeah. rebounds, 10 assists. Jokic with 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. Historic, I mean, again, yeah. with the Will Chamberlain numbers with him. It's been a We hadn't seen this. We hadn't seen that level of triple-double dominance from Jokic. We have not seen that version of Jamal Murray, who was just in full-on villain mode in this game. Every time the Heat were about to make a run, it just felt like Jamal Murray was hitting a really big shot, a yeah. falling away two-pointer or a three-pointer off of the screen. That two-man game with Jokic was finally getting going. Credit Denver. I think you have to start there with what, what happened in this game because – 
not only offensively were they more purposeful, I thought defensively they were closing out on Miami shooters better. The Heat 11 of 35, just 31% from three-point range in this one. Um, the Nuggets just went out and, and beat the Heat on their home court. you got to start there. But I want to throw it back to Jimmy Butler, too, because – there's a lot of talk about like, when are we going to get playoff Jimmy? Right. And going into this game, a lot of people, Hey, are you going to be playoff Jimmy? Hey, you're going to be playoff Jimmy. And he just kept saying, I'm going to make the right play. I'm going to make the right play. Right. Well, Denver was not over helping on him in this one. No. And so it, the game kind of lent itself to him being more of an aggressive scorer. He wasn't a more aggressive scorer. We had not seen him this aggressive since that Milwaukee series, 24 field goal attempts, 22 in three quarters. Right. He didn't really play all that much in the fourth quarter by the time it got no, away he... from them. Um, what did you think about Jimmy Butler's performance? Because to me, this was the closest thing we saw to Milwaukee playoff Jimmy, uh, unfortunately, in terms of aggression level, but he just wasn't making the shots that we were accustomed to seeing. Yeah, that's, that's basically what it comes down to. I mean, he was attacking the basket. He was getting good looks. The jumper wasn't falling. It looked a little flat. In fact, a lot of those, I mean, he was one of four from three-point range. Clearly still, again, looking to you know bail himself and the offense out with that three-point shot. It's not within rhythm the way it was against the Milwaukee Bucks where he's scoring a bunch, and he's just kind of feeling it from the perimeter. That wasn't the case today. He wasn't able to hit at the rim, wasn't able to hit in his mid-range jumper, wasn't able to hit from the perimeter. Kind of just symbolic of this whole Heat team in general. Where As far as where Jimmy goes, that's how far Miami goes. But the same could be said of Bam and Abayo. He shot just 33%, 7 of 21 mm -hmm. from the floor, missing a lot of open looks at the rim. 22 points on 21 shots. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. Uh, it, it was just those those momentum killers, and and then Denver was able to capitalize it and just find those shots and just be able to just, just shut down Miami. I don't know. You asked a question about you when you first brought up the point, Miami, maybe they could have given themselves a chance to win had they made those shots. And at the same time, we both acknowledge that Denver played a hell of a game. You got incredible performances from Jokic and Murray. If Miami had been able to hit those shots, maybe they don't win the game, but they can't put themselves in the position to lose it as badly as they did by missing a lot of, makeable shots at the rim especially when you're not hitting three-point shots you know a lot has been made in this series about miami's hot shooting from beyond the perimeter and while that's still the case that miami's best chances of winning any game are with their shooting well from beyond the three-point line so many shots at the rim that they missed and that kind of ignites their offense if you're hitting shots at the rim then it kind of feeds itself and again you can slow down uh denver's transition yep. offense so it was just kind of just steamrolled. After that first quarter, there was a lot of momentum there. It felt like Miami was starting to get things going. And then in the second quarter, just all collapsed from that point forward. That third quarter was really bad. Outscored 29 to 20. And then the four, in the beginning of the fourth quarter, it wasn't that great either, even though the, you look at the total fourth quarter, 27 to 26, Nuggets edge. So not that bad. But again, that, that whole third quarter in the beginning of that fourth quarter, that's when Denver just took yeah. over that game. And it ended up being basically a blowout. We got Nikola Jovic minutes at the end. That's kind of where we were Haslam at. minutes. Yeah, I mean, 29, not really, 29 seconds, barely even minutes. But yeah, to your point, um, not the version of, not not when I wanted to see Haslam in these finals. I wanted to see it sort of the other way if right. we were going to see UD in his last right. finals. Um, you mentioned the turnovers and the transition and all that stuff. Just four turnovers for the Heat in this one. Otherwise, a very clean basketball game. I actually thought that they got good looks in yeah. this game. Supposed to the um, same thing. Yeah, the problem is when you're missing those shots and then you're not getting, I shouldn't even say that you're not necessarily getting back on defense. Just when you're defense missing them at fine, the right? rim. Yeah. Your, your whole offense too kind of crashes because maybe they're looking for offensive rebounds or something like that. Miami did not get nearly enough offensive rebounds in this game. Um, but 
you know, the it, and because they weren't getting the turnovers, Denver yeah. was grabbing these defensive rebounds off these misses and just sprinting the other way like it was a turnover. So I know that they didn't get a lot of turnovers, but it just felt like the Nuggets were getting those transition points as if the Heat had coughed up 24 turnovers instead of four turnovers. But even beyond the transition points, uh, you have to give credit to Denver's off-ball movement. Their cutting was phenomenal tonight, whether it was a two-man game between Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray or Christian Brown igniting Denver's offense, particularly in that third quarter. He was sensational. You know, you saw what happened in game two when he was just back cut to death by Duncan Robinson. Today was his turn to return the favor, and he really did an incredible job of just moving without the ball, getting the position. And that was as demoralizing as anything. You stop Jokic, you stop Murray, who were on fire for most of the game, and then all of a sudden you got – Christian Brown coming in baseline, going finishing in for a dunk. You got Aaron Gordon doing the same thing too often, and just it just kept piling up. Miami just had no response. It's a great Nuggets game. One stat before we uh, go to our next segment here: Jokic and Murray made history. Uh, this is the first time in the regular season or playoffs that teammates had triple doubles with thirty or more points in the yeah. same game. I mean, they dominated Jokic uh, or the the Denver stars, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray took this game over in a way that Miami's stars really didn't. It was not an efficient game for Jimmy Butler. It was not an efficient game for Bam Adebayo. And Jokic and Murray had their way. And it's going to be up to now Miami to try to bounce back. One other point, though, that I'm not done, I think is a good one that you brought up that we should follow up on is just the lack of help that yeah. they got in this one. We're going to talk about that next when we get to Blame Pie. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. When it comes, well, For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. That's all. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, we're going to be back Friday morning with an in-depth look at what the Heat can do to bounce back in Game 4. But, David, that smell you smell it's not the smell of whatever was in this room, whatever kind of food, maybe a little bit of coffee before we started using it to recording it. No, that smell is unfortunately the smelly smell of Blame Pie. We have 10 slices of Blame Pie to give out. Uh, do we want to start with Jimmy Butler, even though we already we talked at length about him, but how many slices should he get? I think you can give two a piece to him and Bam and Bio. That's right. So for, for all, yeah, for uh, they're both offensive inconsistency. It just it was very odd to see them both missing missing with, with such regularity at the rim, getting good looks. The shots look flat, uh, clanking off rims. It's just very atypical for what we've seen from both players, especially Bam in this series has been very good. Jimmy struggling of late as he continues to recover from injury. No excuses. He just shots that were at the rim, layups, uh, everything that he could have knocked down. Not doing so between the two of them. Uh, again, it's very, very surprising. Spo sort of gave Denver credit for their size, but it kind of also felt like he didn't. It was just, it felt like when he was saying that in post game, it was sort of something to say, mm -hmm. like kind of the platitudes. I, I, he did mention that he wants to go back and watch the film and kind yeah. of see what happened offensively. I did not think it was Denver's size that bothered Jimmy Butler. I thought he got the looks that he wanted. I thought he was really aggressive early at 10 points in that first quarter. Uh, and then he just sort of slowed down. I don't know if it's the ankle, to your point, 
I don't know if it's just the wear and tear. The guy's been playing. It's his 20th playoff game. He's been playing 40 minutes a game at this age, at 33 years old. Like, I don't know that maybe it's everything combined. I just, I, I don't want to give Denver credit for Jimmy Butler missing the shots because I thought he got the shots that he wanted. Yeah. I, this was the most aggressive that we see in Jimmy Butler. And one of the things that Denver was doing in games two is they were overhelping on Jimmy. They have Aaron Gordon defending Jimmy Butler, and they would overhelp constantly on Jimmy Butler and turn him into a passer instead of a scorer. Well, today they did not overhelp. They let Aaron Gordon just defend his position. For the most part, they threw double teams here and there, and Jimmy Butler got his switches, and they tried to kick out and help on the switches when it was like Jamal Murray or Bruce Brown on him or something like that. But a number of times where Jimmy Butler got where he wanted and just missed the shot point blank, you yeah. know? So um, I'm looking at it right now. And we, even as we're recording this, I'm watching the video of Jimmy's layups package, and, and it's just like he's attacking the rim. He's going at Jamal Murray, clanks the shot, goes at Nikola Jokic, gets by him, clanks the shot. Takes a jumper, misses it completely. My concern for the Heat is if you're getting these looks right now, if you're Jimmy Butler, is there any hope that he can respond and have a better game? Or is this just what we're left with with Jimmy Butler at this stage in the playoffs? Because we talked about this coming out of that Boston series. We saw him in that locker room after game seven limping around. Yeah. You know, it was just – this was my fear for the Miami Heat is if you if, – if playoff Jimmy, the way that we saw him against the Milwaukee Bucks, doesn't exist – and the Denver Nuggets are going to invite him to be a scorer, and he just can't do it because physically just doesn't have it anymore. I, I, that's my biggest concern walking away from this game from the Miami Heat. Not the three-point shooting, not the lack of help, and any of that stuff, because I think the Heat, if you're getting this kind of stuff from Jokic and Murray, uh -huh. then you at some point you're just going to need Jimmy Butler to have a huge game. And, yeah. and I think he recognized that tonight, but he just couldn't do it. Well, it doesn't help that Bam couldn't compliment him either. I mean, between the two of them missing such easy shots, it's a good point. I... I I, you know, the thing is with Jimmy and Bam scoring so easily or able to score more easily, that kind of sets up the playmaking aspect and you get those better wide open looks. I think Miami still had wide open looks from three. They just weren't able to knock them down. But the scoring has to come from somewhere. You're not getting calls in your fight favor. That's not a point that I want to belabor for too long. But the easy shots, you're missing those. The mid-range jumpers, you're missing those. You've got to find some avenue for scoring. And I just don't know what that next step could be. I mean, it, Jimmy has to continue to attack aggressively. And I think we'll continue to see that as the norm throughout the rest of the series. And then if those shots are falling, then again, the defense will collapse on him. You'll get the, that help from Denver and maybe you can spray it out to some three point shooters in the hope that maybe they'll knock it down a little bit more effectively than they did today. That's where you have to start is a three point shooting. This was Jimmy Butler's highest scoring game in the series, by the way. And we're talking about this, like it's his worst game, but the reason we're talking about it, like it's its worst game is because it was so just, obvious 11 and the reason it was, it's not good i mean it's not i mean yeah it was not efficient for a game for him and look two rebounds four assists two turnovers like that stuff wasn't good yeah he was like that stuff's not good uh, in terms of how he loaded like up. empty calories and know? then yeah exactly and, and you think about all right well defensively shouldn't he be shutting out jamal murray's water and he couldn't because jamal murray was awesome tonight yeah um credit denver they they were they were stringing those pick and rolls out wide they were they were having jamal murray run that pick and roll with Jokic, and then again stringing him wide and going through another pick and try to get Jimmy butler off of him great stuff by denver they adjusted they made all the they, they pushed the right buttons and pu pulled the right levers offensively but um the other reason why i think jimmy butler's poor game feels so heavy in this one is because miami's shooters weren't making shots yeah no, right yeah, and yeah. so uh 11 of 35 overall max Struess one of four gabe vincent one of six this is from three-point range uh, Jimmy Butler, one of four. I don't know why he took four of them. Kyle Lowry, one of four. Uh, Caleb Martin, two of five. And he was the best out of all of them, other than yeah. Duncan Robinson, who was efficient with three of six from three-point range. 
none of those guys really stepped up. I, I think we could start with Max Struess, who had he was four of seven in in the first quarter in game two, and he just had no kind of uh, he did not have that kind of impact in Gabe Vincent. I think you got to start with the starting the starting group, you know, who were all in the negative plus minus one of seven from Max. Uh, you know, he, he struggled this series. Uh, I think he he might be either pushing himself too much defensively and just doesn't have anything left offensively. He, you had a he had a big first quarter in game two. It was just enough to help Miami build a, a cushion to withstand the eventual Denver comeback. That was not the case. Uh, missing wide open looks as well, and you know very clearly. And those are the thing is you you hit those shots in the first quarter of game three. And it changes the complexity completely. You've got a different vibe to you. You know, you're kind of feeling it a little bit. You have to, from a defensive standpoint on Denver's side, you have to be able to close out on Struess. There were times there where he had wide open looks and they didn't care because they didn't think he was going to be able to knock those down. And so it just kind of piles on one. Again, the three-point shooting didn't exist. And you're able to collapse on Jimmy and Bam in the paint make those diff- shots much more difficult for those two scores. And again, if you spray it out to a three-point shooter and they're not knocking it down, where's the source of your offense? Gabe Vincent was a bad game for him. Seven points, two of 10 overall, three fouls in the first half. How much credit uh, do you give Denver's defense? Because I think they did th- things well at the yeah. same time. I look at Miami's opportunities in scoring, and I'd say it's probably 60-40 Miami's fault rather than what Denver did well. Are you talking about just the shooters, or are we including Jimmy Butler and Bam in this? Yeah, no, everybody. I would say it's probably 70-30, Miami just missing shots. Uh, I shouldn't say missing shots that they've made this entire postseason, but this was the Denver Nuggets that we saw in the regular season and for mo- in the entire Western Conference bracket. Yeah. And this was the heat that we saw in the regular season, right? This is what, this is the conversation we had all regular season long was, boy, it just feels like an, a pedestrian night from Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo when Miami shooters weren't making shots and, and we're yeah. six games over five hundred. Right. That was it. This was regular season Miami Heat at home, and you know i I don't know what it I don't know what it is about being at home. I don't think it's anything about the home crowd. I think that I actually thought the crowd tonight was awesome. Incredible. But I think maybe this team just sort of relaxes a little bit at home because I I actually think one of the reasons they're this far is because they've started every series on the road, and I think this team relishes that opportunity to just go on the road and just lock in like these little mini bubbles in Milwaukee and New York, in Boston, and now and then in Denver. And they could just sort of like focus on basketball and they get home. And I just feel like they they just kind of sink into their couch a little bit. Yeah. You know, Eric Spolster made an interesting point about like the the short turnaround. You know, there's been several days of rest in between games one through three so far in between games three and four. There's just Thursday and tomorrow. Both teams will be practicing. They'll be back at it on Friday for game four. And Spo said, you know what? Our our guys just want to get out there. They want to go compete yet again. That might help Miami. You hope anyway. Yeah. That's the, that's the feeling is that at least you, you don't have to you put it behind you. You don't concentrate on what happened. You look forward to what's next. Be more aggressive. Continue to work on on your shot making ability and see what happens. And get physical and win those 50-50 balls that Eric Spolstra kept talking about yeah, too. That was a big point from him. Yeah, and that wasn't the my takeaway from this game. I but I do tend to just look at the pure shot making. I, I, I guess I'm I, I don't have a trained eye, I suppose. But um, I also look Caleb Martin ten points, Christian Brown fifteen points. That was, and those were the two best, like non big two guys yeah. in these games. And then you kind of go down the, the list, and it, it just look, it's, it's Kevin Love six points, Aaron Gordon 11 points, it's Gabe Vincent seven points, it's you know, Bruce Brown five points, Contavious Caldwell Pope six points. Like, 
the Nuggets just got it from other places even more than Miami got it. And then obviously they're they struggled from the three point range too. They weren't very, I mean, they were only with 20 something. They were five of 18. Yeah. But they didn't have to be good from three point right. range. They were, the paint. If they're I'm, again, not good at math here. If they're five of 18, that's 28, 28% from three point range, but they right. shot 51% overall. Is that like 120% from two point range? Something like that. That's the game. You're not too far off. Uh, we got our questions next. Is it time maybe to take Max Struess out of the starting lineup? Because the thing about Struess, it, it's not been a great series for him. No, He's had no. one good quarter all series, and it wasn't even a great series for him against Boston either. Maybe that's something that we have to look at. We're going to do that next. But first, tell listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Uh, the fit They fit way better than regular shorts are, and are made of a stiff, uh, re restricting cotton bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement i know you've talked about it before they're comfortable in miami you need a pair of shorts so you can walk around in with this heat and humidity bird dogs are great for any occasion whether you're sitting poolside going for a walk at the beach going to the park wherever you like to do in south florida's great weather this is an opportunity bird dogs makes it easy for you to look great and feel great too show yourself wearing a brown oh, okay uh go to birddogs.com slash lockdown nba and enter the promo code lockdown nba for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash lockdown nba for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you thanks for making lockdown heat your first listen Every day, every day. We're going to be back Friday morning with an in-depth look on how the Miami Heat could bounce back after game four. We're going to parse the film. We're going to do all that stuff. We're going to train our eyes and have a better sense of what it is that the Heat can do. But I have, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of what went wrong in this one. I really, I, I, I can't, I keep coming back to this. If the Heat make more of those shots at the rim, the Nuggets are not getting out in transition. Right. And this game has a different tone and different feel no to it. Uh, are you... Are you concerned about this in terms of it being a trend? Or or do you think this is sort of a one-off, freaky, hey, the shots just weren't falling tonight? It's hard to say for certain because Miami has been so reliant on things breaking their way by taking away something that their opponents do well and then capitalizing on their opportunities. Today, they just couldn't seem to find a way to do that. And it was Denver that was making all the right choices, capitalizing on every miss, every mistake, and just piling on again and again. And it just feels like it's just, a, you know, it kind of feeds itself. It's cyclical. If you knock down those shots, you, you can get back to defense a lot easier. Those rebounds don't lead to transition buckets or, or a defense that's not able to set properly. Instead, you miss shots. They get an easier look. Again, you're, you, even if you're defending well, and there were many possessions in which they did, again, shutting down either Jokic or Murray or at least limiting them, not shutting them down, but limiting them, and then you get back cut to death by with Christian Brown, who's 7 of 8 from the floor. Mm -hmm. Like, his minutes were so positive. We can't take that away from what Denver and their players were able to do because he, he did a really, really good job of finding space there and making Miami pay for every time they doubled Jokic or, or uh, Jamal Murray. Before we get to some questions and those watching live on YouTube, thanks for tuning in after this game. And if you have any questions, leave them in the chat. We'll try to get to some of them. Um, a couple, of, I just want to like dump a little notebook dump on other observations that I noticed. Sure. Um, I thought Denver did a really good job of playing the inside of the floor when Gabe Vincent or Max Struess or even Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry mm -hmm. were in pick and roll with Bam out of bio. That pocket pass to Bam was Miami's main trigger of offense. 
for the first two games of this series. It would not only would it get Bam easy points at the basket, obviously, or get him into those in rhythm foul line jumpers, but it got him on that short roll, kicking out to guys in the corner, all those things. I thought Denver made a concerted effort to basically angle their bodies towards the middle of the floor to take away and deny those pocket passes to Bam every time a ball handler came off of a screen with Bam. So I thought that was an interesting adjustment. I thought that's also what opened up some other things on the floor that Miami couldn't really take advantage of. And that's one of the things that I expect Spo to have a fix for in game four, because it was kind of exaggerated the way that the Denver Nuggets were doing it. And I do wonder um, if like when, when you do something like that defensively, it usually springs other leaks yeah. somewhere else. And and I think that's something that the Heat could try to get to uh, on Friday night. Um, the other thing, I, I, Jamal Murray, I think I mentioned it before, going wide on those screens and, and trying to and, and stretching Miami's defense out. That's creating different, uh, uh, more space for Jokic to get into the paint, but also Aaron Gordon. He had a couple of lobs to start the second half that right. I got, I sprung a Nuggets run out of those actions and things like that. Um, so those are just a couple of things that I noticed um, Denver do in terms of just straightaway adjustments from games one and two to game three. And I thought it was good adjustments by them. Fair enough. But let's talk about some questions. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOE. Of course, um, you can always reach us, email, Instagram, Twitter, etc. This comes from Cameron. If you're Spo, do you start Duncan over Struess in the next game? No, I do not. Um, I, I think Duncan was limited, too. He, I mean, he, he did go 3-6, but a lot of that was when Denver was I mean, up by 21 at one point. They were kind of taking their foot off the gas. I don't think that's a difference, uh, you know, Max still provides some effort. You could look at Max's box score and say, well, he still had five assists. He was working the two-man game with Bam early in the first quarter very, very effectively. It just wasn't able to hit his shots. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think Caleb is the answer either. I was I was thinking to myself, oh, should Caleb be the starter over Max Struess? We already saw that in terms of him replacing Kevin Love in the starting lineup and then being replaced by Kevin Love. I don't know that you can afford to sit Max down right now because it's just, you know, you get to the finals, you you count on him, and I know he's just a role player, et cetera, but that's Miami's ticket to success so far has been their role player stepping up, and I don't know that you can afford to demoralize Struess anymore by saying, look, clearly you've struggled this series. You're going to continue to struggle more because I'm just going to bench you outright. So it's a gamble, and I think Spo – is wily and 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 experienced enough to know that his job right now is to build confidence rather than take it away. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly right. Uh, I would be shocked. That's not going to happen. They're not going to bench Truce for Duncan Robinson. Feels like they could have used Tyler Hero in this game, though. Do you think that there's a better chance? Look, still not cleared to return. Yep, ahead of Game Three. I think that the the there was a little bit of a lack of urgency to try to clear him. But now that you're down 2-1 with game four, obviously, at home in Miami, that's kind of your season. I don't think you can afford to go down 3-1 in the series Definitely against the Nuggets not. going back to Denver, right? Definitely not. Might we see Tyler Hero in game four? I'm not asking you to, in Spoh's words, be Nostradamus. but Yeah, we have no idea. I, I, if he can go, this feels like it's time for him to go. Yeah, I, I mean, he could be the the one thing that could change how Denver's defense attacks Miami and limits their shooters, et cetera. They just haven't prepared for him. It's a risk, but at this point, the risk is too great in going down 3-1. And we'll have to see how game four plays out and whether or not he's even available. Again, I was asked about it pregame. 
he shot it down. He said, look, he's just not cleared. He's just not available right now. Maybe you put him out there. We'll see. He's going to go through a full co- contact workout on Thursday in yep. between his game three and four. And we'll see how he responds to that. We'll provide updates for that on our next episode. So make sure to stay tuned for that. So I, I guess, yeah, I mean, at this point, what choice do you have? You don't have any other options. I, I'm a little surprised also that maybe you didn't put in the Haywood Highsmith a little earlier to kind of shut things down defensively. I think he could have done a little bit better job on either Jokic, not Jokic necessarily, but on Murray or limiting guys like Brown and Gorn from getting those easy looks. But if know. I if I should have placed a bet on FanDuel or something, I was going to bet $20 that you were going to bring up Haywood Highsmith at some point. You love Haywood Highsmith. I think his defense it provides a... a spark in the same way that Miami just didn't have today you know he provides those turnovers we saw that look maybe it's just one possession but what really stands out to me about this playoff run from Haywood is him poking the ball from Jason Tatum in game seven and helping to kind of build that lead bigger and bigger and Miami crushed Boston spirits after that point forward so I, I think it's worth at least exploring and bringing him on there for his defensive acumen and hoping that you can do something differently you don't have an answer for Jamal Murray I think Haywood Highsmith could provide some of that defense on him. I think he could do a little bit better of a job. He's mobile enough. He's long-limbed. You're not getting past him. You're not going to be able to just, I don't know, you can't just dominate the physicality there because he's strong enough to be able to hold his own. I think he's a versatile, switchable player. Defensive. I just like where the minutes come from. Like Max, do you take him away from Max? Do you take him away from Gabe? Are you taking him away? Uh, Kevin Love from Co- yeah, it's too easy to say you could take him away from Cody Zeller, who has to go in there and spell. Fun fact about Cody Zeller: only plus minus on the game. Yeah. He was <laughs> he was a plus four, the only guy who had a plus minus in the positives for the Heat plus tonight. Minus, terrible so the statistic. Zeller minutes were the best thing happening for the Heat tonight. Yeah. Plus minus, obviously, uh, not an accurate uh, reflection of what goes on. Zero points, zero rebounds, and a foul. But he was a plus four. Yeah, it's not an easy thing. I mean, we talked about this in context of, of Tyler, his eventual return too. It's like somebody's going to. All right. Well, tonight. That's a let's let's kind of test drive it though. Tonight, whose minutes would he have taken? I think you could have eaten into Lowry's minutes a little bit because he had four fouls. That would have been an obvious place. Gabe Vincent when he picked up three fouls in the first half. You could you could have put uh, Tyler Hero in those. Uh, minutes two. To me, I think you want to use Tyler Hero when Jimmy Butler is off the court so that you always have some shot creators. You have your two best shot creators on ball in the game at all times, right? Or one of the two, I should say. Um, I think the minutes would have been easy to find in this game. And maybe that's what it is in game four. Maybe it's, uh, all right, let's roll out there with our regular rotation, our regular nine, see how the game goes. And if there's a spot where we feel like we need Tyler Hero, we'll go to Tyler Hero then. But maybe you don't in Sharpie kind of plan out those minutes before the game starts. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say we see Tyler Hero in game four. Right. That provides a big boost. I mean, this crowd was rocking at points in time throughout the first half in particular. After that third, And when that third quarter started in demoralizing fashion with Aaron Gordon getting an easy layup, then a lob from Nikola Jokic, uh, you know, it, it was just at that point they got taken out of a little bit. They, they tried mustering some energy, but it was clearly a flat, crowd uh you know again they had a well i mean i thought they came out really strong i thought the crowd was great i thought they got they tried to egg yeah they tried to egg on the heat a couple times with some let's go heat chance and um they didn't give them much to cheer for you know like i'm not gonna blame denver's crowd for being dead and get at the in the latter stages of game two i'm not gonna blame miami's crowd for being dead a little bit there but um yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll 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 see what happens. Denver in game did four. their job. One more game. They 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 got back to the home court advantage. Yes. They came in here. 
They had a clear purpose that you knew they were going to find a way to adjust. I thought Miami would be able to prepare for that adjustment. Maybe they did get a little too comfortable. I mean, there were some Denver fans saying the same thing about the Nuggets, that they kind of mm-hmm. read their own press after game one, and then they kind of took their foot off the gas in game two, and that's how Miami was able to win it. Conversely, maybe that's what Miami did for game three. We'll see which team continues to make adjustments. I don't think Denver will be content to just let Miami win game four, which is what we expect to be the case. Having said that, Miami has to go out there and take the victory. They can't just afford to let Denver dictate any terms whatsoever. They've got to be the dominant team on Friday. Look, Nuggets lost game two. They made the adjustments. They made the right ones. Michael Malone's a fantastic coach. Jokic is too smart. Jamal Murray is too smart. That team is awesome, and they're here for a reason. And they came out, and they did all the right things in game three, and they earned game three, like you said. Now the Miami Heat, it's up to them. They're they're the team against the ropes. Their season is pretty much on the line. If there's been a must-win in this in this series, this is it yeah. on Friday night. We'll see how they respond. But thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is going to be back Friday morning with an in-depth look on how exactly the Miami Heat can bounce back in Game 4. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes.